Let's open our Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to do something a little different today. Uh, we had a surprise party the other day, and uh, <clears throat> okay, it was for me. You know, it was my birthday yesterday, and uh, thank you. But, you know, I got some cards, and I appreciated all the cards I really did, but one, you know, a couple of them kind of really spoke to me. And the first one said, uh, the, one of the ones that, that uh, was written in there, welcome to Oldville. <laughs> you know, that really spoke to my heart. Like, if I could find that person. <laughs> I read them after I got home, so I couldn't do anything. But this one, um, this one I got, it says... Uh, it says rejoice. It's your birthday, rejoice. It says wishing you a birthday full, full of reasons to rejoice. Full of reasons to rejoice. And, and that's something I've been thinking about too, you know, this idea of counting our blessings. How many of you remember that old hymn that says count your blessings? Let's see if I can find it here. Um, when It says when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you're discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. You know, how often do we do that? You know, we just get so caught up in, in life and, and it's discouragement and the things that are negative. But God has done some incredible stuff in our lives. If we would just take a moment to stop and do it. I read somewhere that says you don't want to do it, you know, too often because then you kind of lose the... So once a week, they said, get a piece of paper out and write down some of the blessings that you find in your life. Three times a week, they said, was too much. I don't know if that's true. Some of us need to be reminded every single day, like twice a day. Why? Because we get sucked into all this negativity and sucked into all this you know, stuff about being down and we, we've lost sight of what it, it is that God has done in our lives so 55 years, I'm 55 years old now. Welcome to Oldville. Wait till I get to that person. You know, it really made me think, though, coming up to Thanksgiving, you know, we, we, we do have a lot to be thankful for. When, when the kids were younger at, at Thanksgiving time, we'd, we'd, we'd ask them to get a little piece of paper and, and write on there, what do you have to be thankful for? Just a couple of things, three or four things, and then we'd get together and we'd, we'd all like read our list, you know. Well, I'm thankful for Santa Claus, and you know, no, not really. But they were, you know, it was just heartfelt things that they thought of as little kids. And, and uh, you know, didn't Jesus say, you know, you need to become like a little child to enter into the kingdom of heaven? For us to be thankful for the fact that, that we're alive, that we're actually alive here today. Some of you don't look quite alive today, but I think you are. I think you got in here somehow. I didn't see anybody carrying anybody. For me, you know, I have a, you know, when you just stop and think about it for a minute, you know, 34 years I've been a believer, and I, I, I thank God for his love and for his faithfulness. 34 years. 32 years of marriage to the same woman. And I, you know, I thank, I thank her for putting up with me 
four kids, families, five grandkids. What can you say about that? Family, friends, my church family. I thank you for putting up with me. Really. You know, it's been a long 20-some-odd years, and, and uh, who was that was talking about, uh, I think it was uh, uh, the guy from Brooklyn Tabernacle, when he, when he started out reading, you know, doing his sermons, and he, he, he fell asleep hearing his own sermons. He himself fell asleep. You know, and, and some of you I still kind of put to sleep, I know that, but it's okay, it's, it's all about peace. <laughs> but... But, you know, you've been patient with me, and I'm just learning. I'm just growing. I, you know, I'm one of those really late, late bloomers. You know, 55, I'm just, I'm just starting to just get into it now. And, uh, you know, I, I thank you. Uh, two years we've been here at Green Meadow. We first met here on Sunday, um, November 7th, or December 7th, excuse me. I think, didn't we, didn't we do something before that, though, like around Thanksgiving? I'm trying to remember. I cannot remember. I think we did something. But either way, it's been right around two years, and that's, that's, uh, you know, that's pretty incredible. We've done a lot of things. We've seen a lot of things happen. We've, we've, we've been through a lot of things in two years. But, but you know, uh, this, is, this is real life. Lincoln Brewster, uh, who is a worship leader and a songwriter, he wrote uh, a song called Real Life, and... Uh, let me just read to you a couple of uh, phrases out of there. It's kind of like he's talking about his life, and he goes back to the past when he was a kid. And, and then the chorus says, and it was real life, it was real good. It says, it was a place I took for granted because I just never understood. But then he goes on to say, and there was real pain, and there were real tears. But the way my mama loved me somehow carried all those years. It was real life. It was real life. You know, real life, you know, is, a, is kind of mixed, isn't it? It's not all good. We can't go back and rewrite the past and say, well, you know, you know, I, this, this healing of the memories thing, we go back and change everything that happened. No, you can't change anything that's happened, but you can still see God's hand in it. And that good was still there, real life. He talks in the present, he was talking about the fact that he had some kids of his own now, and he says, it's real life, it's real good. Sometimes I take it all for granted, even though I never should. And there is real pain, and there are real tears. But the way my baby loves me, and I think he means his wife, somehow carries all these years, and this is real life. This is real life, you know, what we, what we have, what God has given to us. Real life. Don't take it for granted. And then the last uh, verse is about the future, when he talks about when he's old and turning gray. His boys have moved away. It's time to say goodbye. And he says, this is real life. This is real good. It's a place I took for granted because I just never understood. And he's talking about heaven here now. And he says, and there will be no pain. And there will be no tears because the way my father loves me makes me grateful I am here. This is real life. It's real. That's when there's going to be no pain, no sorrow. I sat with, I had this opportunity to sit with some kids over at the West Bay Christian Academy, uh, eighth graders, and, and uh, talking about some of the easy questions of life, like, you know, why is there pain in the world, and predestination, and, and you know, just some simple things. And, uh, but, but, you know, it's like, you know, 
there is suffering in this world. There is pain. We, we talked about that. You know, it's not an easy life, but it is real. And even in the midst of all that, I think even in the midst of that, we can see the hand of God if we would stop and take the time to see the hand of God. God is at work in our lives. God is at work in our lives. Philippians chapter 4. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 4. You've already turned there, but let, let me turn there, catch up with you, because there are some things in there that I want to uh, point out to you and, and look at with you together and, and some of the things that we can be thankful for in our own lives in walking with uh, our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. We'll start there. He says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with what? Thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Three things that I, I notice in these verses. Uh, number one is peace with God. I'll talk about that. The peace of God and the God of peace to be thankful for. He starts off there. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And we heard about Larry talking about this last week, you know, that, that we can't always rejoice in our circumstances but we can rejoice in the Lord and that's where we do find the joy of the Lord he says to rejoice in the Lord always not just sometimes not just when things are going well but always I want you to turn with me to, uh, to uh, Psalm chapter 43 Psalm chapter 43 and David uh, the psalm writer here kind of gives us some of these uh, <clears throat> Very same ideas. And he kind of gives himself a little talking to, you'll see. But in verse 3, Psalm 43, verse 3, he says, Send forth, he's speaking to the Lord. He says, Send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. And then I will go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the harp, O God, my God. And then verse 5, he says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. He kind of talks to himself, doesn't he? And we do that. I do that. He says, Why are you like this? You need to, you need to find your hope in God. You need to put your hope in God. And, and, and he says there in verse 4 that God was his joy and his delight. Paul, back in Philippians, he's saying, rejoice in the Lord. This is, our, this is who our joy and delight is. You say, well, I'm not really very joyful. Well, how, how tied in are you and I with this God who is our joy and our delight? We focus on so many different things, don't we? And, and David was saying to himself there, you know, get, you know, get, it, get it right. Let's, let's turn our eyes from focusing on our circumstances, on ourselves, and focus on God, who is our joy and our delight. Rejoice in the Lord, always. 
But first, I think before we can do that, we need what Paul calls in Romans chapter 5, peace with God. Peace with God. Again, these three things, peace with God, the peace of God, and God of peace. In Romans chapter 5, he says that we have, through faith, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So to find this, find this place of rejoicing, the first thing we got to have, the first question we, we come back to always, do we have peace with God? Are we, have we made peace with Him? Because that's where it starts. You've got to start there. You can't expect to have the peace of God if you don't have the peace with God. And it comes through Jesus Christ. And then he says we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And that one day, and we've talked about this in, in Matthew 17, about the, the, the time we will stand in front of him and see the glory of God in all of its fullness. And we rejoice in that hope that he has for us. Maybe we can't rejoice in what we have right now, but we can certainly find joy in the fact that he's got something better for us. And, and that's why Jesus said in, in John 14, didn't he? He says, you know, don't let your hearts be troubled. I, I, I'm going to go, but I'm, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come back and take you to that place. But how much time do we spend thinking about, God's got a place for me. God's got a place for me. He's building it right now, you know. Whether you think it's a mansion or a shack, it doesn't really matter what it is. It's going to be good. But again, we get so caught up in what we see and we hear and we feel today. You know, this life is difficult. I read um, and I heard this on the news. Maybe some of you heard this uh, in the last couple of days that four in ten people in America say that marriage is becoming obsolete. Did you hear that? No. Four in ten people uh, said marriage was becoming obsolete. In 1978, it was uh, 28%. It's jumped up to like 40%. So it's getting worse. People are, are you know, getting to this place where they just don't, don't think it's all that important anymore. But the thing about it is, is that marriage was the first institution that God created. Go back to Genesis chapter 2. It's the very first thing for the human race, the institution of marriage that he created. So now we're, basically we're saying this, or the world is saying this, that we don't really need what God says. We don't need what God has ordained. We don't really need what God has, has given to us. It, it doesn't get much better. Uh, 52% in 2008, 52% of adults were married, 72% in 1960. 26% of adults in the 20s were married in 2008, 68% in 1960. 32% now believe that premarital sex is wrong versus 68% back in 1969. Things are changing, right? And not for the good. So if you look at, if you look at these things, if you look at what the world has to say, what, you know, what kind of joy can you find in that? Are you going to find any joy there? You're not going to. You're not going to. We've got to find our joy in, in God, and we've got, to, we've got to start by having peace with Him, where it finally is true that the war is over. There's no war between us and God. Mm. Apart from Jesus Christ, man, you and I are separated from God. There's a war. We're at opposite 
uh, sides of this war, and, and they're, you know, we're not going to win, just so you know that. There's a war going on, but we're not going to win. God is always going to win, but God sent His Son so that the war could be uh, mediated, so that we could find peace with Him. He gave us the answer, and peace is declared through Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus Christ. So peace with God, I hope you have that today. Uh, it's very clear, the Bible makes it very clear from really cover to cover that God is, has this plan for you and us and Him to have peace. Do you have it? That's the question. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. He says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. You can, you can look at that a couple of different ways. The Lord is near, meaning He's close to you, but also I think the Bible talks about the fact that His return is also near. And it says in Romans 13 that our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. So uh, we don't know when, the day or the hour, when it's going to happen, but there's no question that it's definitely nearer. And for you and I to always have that attitude that it could be any day, it could be any time, are we ready? Verse 6, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. This thanksgiving, this is kind of why I, I was drawn to these verses, that, this thanksgiving right in the middle of it, this idea of, of giving thanks. And, you know, it, it's, it's really the, the only holiday that, that is supposed to be like that, where families gather together around a big table, maybe, a bunch of people, they say the average is like 12, where they gather together, and it's supposed to be about giving thanks, although, uh, you know, how many, how, many, how many tables are really taking any time to give any kind of thanks? Some of them don't even pray. Some do, because that's like, well, we're supposed to pray now. And they'll look for the guy who looks kind of religious, and they'll say, okay, uh, you pray. And, and, and that's about as far as it goes. But Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, are we thankful? Have we counted the blessings? It's in the middle of all this, this uh, verse, excuse me, <coughs> this verse here about anxiety on one side and peace on the other. Thanksgiving and prayer in the middle. We, we, you know, we, we have this thing that I believe is God is, is stirring our hearts here in this fellowship to pray about so many things. And I, and I heard about yesterday's prayer that, uh, you know, how many people were there. It was just, a, just an incredible thing. We're going to have Barbara talk about that next week. Um, but this idea of, of coming to the Lord in prayer with thanksgiving. We come often to the Lord in prayer, and we have a list of stuff, but what about the thanksgiving? What about thinking about what He's already done? And that just encourages our faith. It encourages us to pray. This, this idea of anxiety, though, it's very real. I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, I struggle with times with anxiety. You know, I was doing some stupid little thing with the computer last night, and then I, I started to find myself, just before I was going to go to bed, starting to get all anxious about this stupid little thing. Better just to throw those things out in the street sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It was just stupid. And then I, then I go into my bed, I'm going... You know, and I have to like take 20 minutes to kind of like get some kind of place back in peace. And it was, it was, it was unnecessary. 
But some of us have much bigger problems, right? So much bigger fish to fry. And we get, you know, we can get so anxious and so wrapped up in all this stuff. And some of it is very real. I don't want to minimize in any way, shape, or form what it is that you and I struggle with in this life. But Paul says, you know what? Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Bringing this stuff to God. Uh, Peter said the same thing. He said, cast all your anxiety or your cares on Him because He cares for you. He'll take that that stuff up and care about it Himself. He'll, He'll do the caring for you, in other words. But you know what? I think we've gotten away... And, and you and I, each one of us, need to remind ourselves, hey, we start to get, all, we start to get going in this direction. We need to, to bring it back to God. Bring it back to God. Go, go take a break somewhere and bring it back to God. And I tell you, after 34 years, I know, and, I, and I've seen it over and over again, even though that, you know, it, it, it doesn't you know, mean that I don't still have trouble, I, like I said just last night, but, but th- after 34 years, I know that God is faithful in every time, every time, every time. I go and, and bring it to him and lay it before his feet. Now, it doesn't mean I feel like, like right that second, all of a sudden I'll feel like, oh, wow. You hear these people, they say, you know, they pray, and then right then they felt this overwhelming peace just flood in upon them and all that. And I'm going, gosh, I've never felt that. You must be so, so spiritual. And I'm going, or you're, you're just making that up, you know. But God does answer. I can say he does answer, but in his time and in his way, and he has never, ever, ever not been faithful to answer the prayers. Ever, ever. But the first part of that verse I quoted in Peter, he says, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. And so there's a sense of of us humbling ourselves and bringing these things before him because part of the deal is that we think we can do it all, right? We think we can take care of it. Jesus, I'll take care of this one. And that's how we get ourselves into that uh, situation. There was a man who was bearing, uh, it said, the weight of the whole world on his shoulders, really on the verge of a nervous breakdown. He said he had to learn somehow to let go and somehow let God into his problems. He didn't know quite how to do that. So he got out his pad and his paper decided he would let them go, let them go the burdens of his life, and he wrote God a letter, right? And this is what he said. Dear God, today I hereby resign as general manager of the universe. Love, George. And then, wonder of wonders, God accepted his resignation. We think we got, we got it all together. We think we need to take care of it all. You know what? That doesn't mean we're not, we don't need to be responsible, course but we got to trust him we can't do it someone said the secret of happiness is to count your blessings while others are adding up their troubles we're good pretty good at that don't aren't we man we don't even have to write them down but that's all we're thinking about our troubles and we see in this passage in, in philippians what we're thinking about how we're what we're occupying our minds with affects us in a very deep way. Look at verse 7. He says, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. So it's our hearts and our minds that this peace of God affects. It's a supernatural peace. 
It's greater than any other kind of peace. And, and Jesus said, you know, that the peace that he gave, he says, I do not give you as the world gives. He says, my peace I give to you. It's a, it's a different kind of a peace. And, and you know what I, I was thinking about? It. I don't even know that we can actually describe exactly what that is. Because to someone it might be, yeah, it might be that makes them feel really peaceful and good, but, but that may not be necessarily just the definition of what that peace is. I think it's, it's way bigger than that. It transcends. It surpasses all understanding. Because God understands your circumstances and God understands you, and He'll bring peace into your life. Through prayer, through prayer and petition, through thanksgiving. Lucy was saying to Charlie Brown, I hate everything. I hate everybody. I hate the whole wide world. And Charlie says, but I thought you had inner peace. And she says, I do have inner peace, but I still have outer obnoxiousness. <laughs> you know, we got this thing on the inside. <laughs> Stop laughing. We got this thing on the inside, but what's on the outside? Hopefully that peace that we have, that peace of God that we have on the inside is going to come out and, and change the way we live. And people can say to us, hopefully, you know, something you have, I want something that you have. Well, what is it? And you can say, listen, it's not me, but I pray and I bring my burdens before God and I lay them before Him and, and God does something. I can't even explain it to you. It surpasses understanding. But, but if, you, if you give your heart to life and life to Christ and you have peace with Him and you pray, He'll give you peace. And He'll do stuff in your life. These are the promises of God and you and I can have it. This is God's Word, people, that we're looking at here. The peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What we think about, what we dwell on. Are we just dwelling on all the problems? Are we, are we counting our blessings? Are we thinking about what God has done? Even as we bring our petitions and prayers to Him, we're thinking, God, you know what? You're so good. I got this big problem, but God, you're so good, and thank you for taking care of me. God, you know, my life's falling apart. I'm about on a nervous breakdown, but, but God, you know what? You've taken care of me before. You brought me from the brink before. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you that, that I can breathe right now. Thank you that I have any life. I wonder, as you're thinking there today, do you, do, you, do you think you have any blessings in your life? Maybe one is that you're here. Maybe you can see me. Maybe that's not such a blessing. Maybe, maybe you're part of, of, of passing on a blessing to crossroads this, this, uh, in, in just a very short period of time. Maybe it's, maybe it's the fact that, that your car didn't break down on the way here. Maybe it's the fact that that uh, Jesus has put something in your life, a, 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 a calling in your life. Maybe he's put some kind of a burden in your heart. You see something that you want to do. So much that we can just think about. But what we, what we, what we consume ourselves, he says, you know, think about what's true, noble, 
right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. And I, I hate to get on the TV thing, but, you know, if, if we can look at what's playing on that program and, and see if any of them kind of fit into these categories, I don't know. A lot of it's pretty dicey, pretty questionable. And it affects how we live. If what, we, what we take in affects how we think and how we live. Be careful, please. Please be careful. Computers, get some kind of blocking software to keep you protected from some of the garbage that's out there. They said that, that uh, 75%, uh, and, I, and I read this, 75% of all the websites that are out there are pornographic websites. 75%. So don't think you're just going to not stumble on some of this garbage. You protect yourself. What I'm talking about here is not just PMA. You know what PMA is? Anybody remember? This is real big years ago. I'm showing my age again. I'm sorry. Anybody? How old are you? <laughs> Positive mental attitude, right? I gotta have PMA. I gotta positive. Well, you know, about about all I have is PMS. But you know, <laughs> that doesn't help much, right? I'm not talking about just having PMA. I'm talking about thinking about good things and healthy things and right things, lovely things, excellent things. Thinking about what God has done, what He's done in my life. What he has done, like the song I, I read to you, what he has done, what he is doing today, and what he's going to do in the future. Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul said. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, Paul said. And the writer in Psalm 107 says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. That in itself, or the fact that he is good, is something to be thankful for. And that his love endures forever. He says it five times in that song. Finally, for my first closing, uh, verse 9 says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or see, seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. We talked about the peace with God. We talked about the peace of God. And now he talks here about the God of peace. And, and notice what he says there, that what, what brings uh, this God of peace with us is actually putting it into practice. Not just learning things and hearing things and seeing things, but, but actually putting them into practice in our lives. Let's make it real. Let's do it. Let's put it into action. Let's make it a, a practical things. And, and again, back to the basics of, of Acts 2.42, you know, the, the apostles' doctrine, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer, the simple things of are we, are we in God's Word? Are we, are we in fellowship? Are we breaking bread together? Are we praying? Are we praying together? The simple things. Let's put it into practice. I think what we're doing today is we're just putting something into practice, and you know what? We're going to be blessed. We will be blessed. We don't do it because so I'll get a reward or I'll get blessed. Like Alex was talking about earlier, we do it because God's called us to, to bless people and take care of the needs of people and share with them. But we get blessed in the doing. 
Put it into practice, he says, and the God of peace will be with you. So those three questions, the peace with God, do you have it? Through faith in Jesus, do you have peace with God? Got to start there. The peace of God, do you have it? Through prayer and petition and thanksgiving. It's not going to be found in the world. Jesus said, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. And then the God of peace with us through action, through practice, through doing something, serving, stepping up, getting involved, not being afraid to to say, well, what can I do? And the God of peace with us. That's what I want. The peace with God, the peace of God, the God of peace. Do you have him? Is he with you? Let's, let's look at uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, just ahead a couple of pages, and we'll close with those verses. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, <clears throat> verse 16. And his closing of his letter there, he says, Now, now may the Lord of peace himself Give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Boy, that's sweet, isn't it? The Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. That's a blessing that I want. That's what the blessing that the Lord wants to give to each one of us, to each one of you here today.